We just recently finished a series called Where Is God When? And looking at a major topic that is discussed and considered by people all over the world. Where is God when bad things happen, when there's tragedy, when terrible things happen? And we finished that up last week with the statement, not so much as where is God when, but who is God in those situations? And so this new series that we're starting today is just like that one in that we're tackling one of those topics that is literally considered by everyone. I remember being in the streets in India, in Bhopal, India, and just seeing unbelievable poverty like you've never seen before in your life. And those people there wrestling with this issue just as much as Americans do, surprisingly, all over the world, people want to know what the good life is. How then should we live? How can we live? What is God's perspective on that? So I'd like to just start by a little, with a little test and have you close your eyes. So close your eyes just for a moment. And I want you to try and picture in your mind the face of God. Just picture God's face. You got it? All right, you can look back at me now. I don't know what you saw, but I would be willing to bet that you didn't see God's face laughing. Maybe you saw he was angry. Maybe you saw that he was happy or smiling, or maybe you didn't see anything at all. But I'd be willing to bet that nobody saw the face of God laughing, like a belly Santa laugh. You know, one of the defining uh, characteristics of God is holiness. God is holy. In fact, in heaven, the angels are gathered around the throne of God and they're singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And so we tend to think of that with seriousness and Maybe a little tinge of, I'm ticked off. You know? Because God is holy. You don't mess with that, right? And so, I'm hoping that in this series, we can kind of give you a better picture of who God is. That you'll understand Him a little bit better, how He really is. USA Today did a poll recently asking what the good life is. And they just, a cross-section of America, asked people to uh, rate these categories as the number, number one characteristic of the good life. And so, it's quite interesting. 61% of Americans said the good life was being rich. Right? You'd expect that. 22% said it was being in a loving, satisfying relationship. 13% said it was good health. And 4% said it was being famous. For the last three years, Gallup has been conducting a survey, and their survey is to discover what the good life is. And so they call randomly a thousand Americans every year for the last three years, asking them a series of questions about their life, about their health, and about their emotional status, their work, eating habits, satisfaction in life, illnesses, stress level, 
all sorts of indicators to try and compile what a person will look like who is enjoying the good life. So this, the ultimate person of the good life, and they actually came up with an answer. You want to hear it? I'm not making this up, okay? And I can show you where to find the answer. This is what this is what they said the good life looks like in the United States of America. First of all, he's male. Sorry, ladies. He's really tall. Really tall. He's Asian American. He's an observant Jew. He's about 65 years old and married. He has children. He lives in Hawaii, owns his own business, and has an income over $120,000. And that's the picture of the person who experiences the good life in America. He's tall, but he's Asian. I'm not sure how that works out. but The experts tell us that by the, just by the sheer fact that you're even here today, you have a 30% chance of being happier. So turn to the person next to you and say, boy, I'm really glad that you, you needed that. <laughs> this series, I'm hoping and I'm praying, is that this series is a real wake-up call for all of us. You know, it's it, something that really uh, confronts our lives and causes us to stop and look and listen, to take notice about how you live your life. You know, in, in school, we used to get these things called a midterm exam. And I used to hate those things because it always revealed my, my uh, procrastination and how, my lack of discipline. I always get a bad grade on that midterm. But I see the wisdom of it. Because what if you wait until the end of the course to find out how you're doing? Somebody like me would never pass. And so hopefully this series will be like a midterm exam for your life. And give you an opportunity to kind of evaluate your own life and see the quality of your life, how you're living, and is it the good life? The current path that you're on in life, it may be an unsustainable path. You know? As you think about it, you know, you can't keep this up. The way you're living now, you can't continue doing that because at some point, it's going to get bad. At some point, that path is going to lead you into a bad place and a place where your quality of life is going to be diminished greatly. And you know that already. Some people, I think, they live in denial and they're fooling themselves about the quality of their life. And they say things to themselves like, well, it'll get better when this happens. I'll be happier when I get married. Or uh, I'll be happier when I dump my loser husband. Love is grand, but divorce is 20 grand. So stop thinking about... Some people are just going like this. Oh, oh, oh. Did I invite somebody to say no? Okay, good. <laughs> Stop thinking to yourself that this will be good for somebody you know. You know, I've got a friend. He's messed up. This will be great for him. 
Instead, think that this is for you. This is you. This is your big opportunity. This is your opportunity to evaluate where you're at. A few things that this series will not be about. This will not be a self-help Tony Robbins, we can all be successful pep talk. It won't be this uh, hyper-positive thing that everybody can be a success and everybody can be rich. You just need to find your right place and get all that you want. It won't be according to pop culture either. Pop culture tells us that the good life is whatever. These things you see behind me. That it is the right amount of this or the right amount of that. In John 10.10, Jesus gave a perfect contrast on this very subject about life and the good life. And he said, and I quote, The thief's purpose is to steal, to kill, and destroy. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. What a contrast there. Black and white. The culture of the world today wants to sell you a certain quality of life. And we're bombarded with that thing night and day, aren't we? All these images everywhere we go. What the good life is, what the good life should be. And you need this and you need that. If you're overly concerned with how you look to the people around you, it's good to be healthy and to take care of yourself. But if you're overly concerned about it, you're obsessed with how you look, you've bought in to that other good life. Or maybe you're just desperately trying to get into that right relationship, that one relationship. And I, oh, I can't stand being lonely. And if I just had this person, they would meet all of my needs. Maybe you spend your afternoons or your evenings fantasizing about being rich, dreaming about how life would be if you had all your bills paid. And you play games like, what would you do with a million dollars or... Would we learn, how, what if I won the lottery? How my life would change? If these are the symptoms of your life, then you've bought into the good life that is not the biblical good life. So I'm, I'm not going to give you a step-by-step process. You're not going to receive, do these three things and you'll have the good life. You're not going to learn the success secrets of daily living and lasting fulfillment. I'll try not to give you any lame platitudes either of say yes to life. Love life. The new you. I like this one. I read it this week. Try happiness. It's a lot better than misery. So... The issue that we're dealing with here is trust. Do you trust that the Bible defines the good life? Yes or no? Do you trust that God has the best life possible planned for you? Or do you need to go outside of faith to find the good life? You see, faith in Jesus Christ, it does something to you. 
it causes this hunger inside your soul for something deeper in life. Something more. It causes you to ask questions like, is this all there is? Is this what life is? I mean, I get up and I go to work and I come home and I work some more and I go to bed and I do it over and over every day. And is this life? Is this the good life? Our faith causes us to yearn for something more, for a deepness, a depth, a quality of life. One of the questions that we look at is, is there a right way to live your life and a wrong way? Or is it just a matter of doing your best? Is the good life just giving it your best shot? And whatever you come up with, that's it. So you didn't get as much as the other guy, but that's the good life for you. Or is there a set way to live? A model of what the good life is. It causes us to weigh and to balance out things like, is this all up to me? Is the good life my responsibility? So if I work hard and I study and I'm disciplined and I make all the right choices, then I will have the good life. It's up to me. Or is it all up to God? And I just have to sit and wait. And maybe I pray or do certain spiritual things and then God will just drop it onto me and I'll boom, I'll have the good life. It's a faith issue. In Philippians chapter 1, We read this, it says, Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Above all, says it's important, live as a citizen of heaven. It really says a lot right there, doesn't it? What is a citizen of heaven? It's a person whose mindset about life, is that this is not my home. That I'm not living about my day-to-day life here. I'm living for the glory of God. It's about something more. And that is the beginning of the discovery of the good life. Ephesians chapter 5 says, Be careful how you live, not as fools, But as those who are wise, make the most of every opportunity for doing good in these evil days. Don't ask ask thoughtlessly. Don't act thoughtlessly. But try to understand what the Lord wants you to do. Do you do that? When you're going about your day to day, you have those thoughts. God, what do you want me to do today? What do you have in store for me today? How can I bring glory to your name today through my work or the things that I have to do? The focus, the concern, the condition of the heart. The Bible clearly says, yes, there is a good life. And yes, there is a right way to live it. Philippians 4.4. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. 
Does God want you to be happy? Well, we just read that, didn't we? He says, to have joy, almost in like a command, right? I'm telling you, experience joy. Life should be joyful. Life should be full of laughter. How much laughter is in your life? Has it been a long time? Do you laugh at all? Sometimes we go through seasons where there's not a whole lot of laughing. That's true. Life is like that sometimes. But like I said, this is a time to evaluate that. Is there a lot of laughter in your household or is it a lot of tears? Is there a lot of joy or is there a lot of sadness, heaviness? It's really sad when you laugh really hard and your wife looks at you and says, Oh, I love that sound because I haven't heard it in such a long time. God laughs. It's the only way I can explain that you were made the way you are. That I was made the way I am. You ever look in the mirror and say, this has got to be a joke. (laughs) He's laughing right now. Yes, absolutely yes. God does laugh. He is full of joy. In fact, he exudes joy. He's holy, yes, but he's not depressed. He's holy, but he's not angry. He's holy, but he's not ticked off and irritated. He's at peace. And he's full of joy. So... What's your joy level this morning? Just take a personal inventory. Is it just way down to the bottom? I mean, we're, we're, we're breaking zero. Or is it really high up here? Because maybe that's what you need, is you need that new infusion of joy and laughter in your life. And that, my friends, I think, is the beginning of the good life. A life filled with joy and laughter.